1: In my head. People tell me that I'm crazy. I tell them Today's exactly is I've got reasons for my absence. People tell me that i think she is I tell them I'm not like the rest, but person. We will talk all about her soon. But I wanted to just give you guys a little a little A little fun intro over here, guys. I am in such a good mood. I feel like I am just re-inspired. I have about four current business ideas that I feel like are really just taking things to the next level. I think I've had new levels of like faith, almost new levels of just inspiration. I feel like a lot of us have been feeling stuck, which I get it, guys. You know, we've literally been stuck in our houses basically all of 2020. However, I have this new wave of inspiration and just like almost belief in myself, and also belief in like the opportunities and the possibilities of life as a whole, you know? So I am feeling better in that regard. And if you guys are in a slump, I would recommend like just getting out of your daily routine, whether that's just adding a walk in a different neighborhood, going to grab coffee, wherever it's like, I was almost said wherever it's legal, but you guys get what I'm saying. If it's safe where you live and you guys are able to go to pick up coffee, like if it's outdoor dining or at your favorite shop or a drive through whatever that is, like just doing really, really small things that change your routine, especially when our routines have gotten really monotonous. Like I think that really is what helps me the most. Oh, also guys, today I got microneedling. If you guys don't know what microneedling is, I'm not going to be able to explain it to you well. So just honestly, Google it. Don't listen to me. Anyways, I've just been hearing so many great things about it and how it just like really kills it skincare wise. You know, I went to a place in Dallas. It's on my Instagram if you guys care, but they had like a digital tool. So I didn't have to fully numb my face or they didn't have to fully numb my face. It was digital. It still was like a little bit painful, but I say all this to let you know that my face is bright red. It's not as bad as I thought it would be. Honestly, it just looks like a light sunburn, but just picture me as like a tomato talking to you guys right now, because that is the current reality that we are facing. I listened to the Tim Ferriss podcast this morning with Matthew McConaughey and like guys I have found it The answer to everything in my life. is just Matthew McConaughey What an incredible human being and i've always known this and i've always really respected him He's also a texan and he loves being a texan and that is something that I really look for in a person You know what? I mean, but he was just so incredible I listened to the podcast because his new book came out which I will be getting And it just made me feel smarter. He's very well-spoken and that is something I'm working on because I am just not and I do talk for a living. So how did that happen? I don't know. I couldn't tell you, but he was just so interesting to listen to. Like everything he said, it was just incredible. First off, I know he's a storyteller, like literally for a living and he's Matthew McConaughey, but it was just so interesting listening to him. And I think I just right now, something that I'm really into is just listening to people who believe totally different things than I do. Not that Matthew McConaughey and I believe totally different things, but just getting perspective from so many different walks of life in different industries with different belief systems, with different communities around them who live in different places. I just, I feel like I learn so much from people who are so different from me even though Matthew McConaughey is really, that was just a tangent off that to clarify. I know I'm not that different. We're both faith people in Texas. I understand that, okay? But what I'm saying is that he inspired me because he is so wise to just go and listen to other people and learn from other people. And I just really enjoyed that podcast episode. I would definitely recommend it. Little book update guys. I finished our book club book for the month which is The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. It was really great. That episode will actually be a bonus episode up on Monday. Get excited. We are reading along with Rick Michio of Gals On The Go who's been on the podcast probably like four times now. Love her, great friend of mine. We've been friends since we were like 15. So that's like eight years now. Crazy, I know, but I have to tell you about a different book. Okay, I read Brightside. Oh my gosh! I know they read it in the redheads too, and it was a very controversial book. Here's the thing: I totally understand why people think it's either corny or I thought the dialogue was corny. Like at the beginning, I was like, I don't know how I feel about this, but the book as a whole just wrecked me. Here's the thing: Brightside, I know, has a very cult following. Like, there's literally support groups for the book, which I honestly understand, even though that's like a little bit extreme. Yeah, so listen, they have there's like a sequel, right? And it's Gus. It's just called Gus. It's from Gus's point of view after the Bright Side book. I don't want to ruin anything, but wow, and honestly, it gave me the closure that I needed. Like I read that and it was just one of those books where I read it And then I immediately tried to start a new book and I had to just sit there and think about the book because it was absolutely incredible. I actually just texted Maddie from OKSIS who read with us in the last book club because she texted me about the book and was like, it wrecked me. And then I told her about Gus and she's like, oh my God, my social life is over. She said, okay, I guess I'm not sleeping again tonight. So it was really freaking good. And I understand it's a controversial take, whatever, blah, 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 YA books, I guess as a whole, but I personally loved it and it was just like everything I needed and more. So I would recommend. Another thing, I've just been working out and eating healthy again, and it's crazy like what that will do for you, you know? I took about probably two weeks off of working out, which is probably the longest I've taken off of working out in probably like a year and a half, almost actually two years at this point. I love working out as we know, but I took a break on accident. It wasn't really planned. And I got back into it. I was so sore yesterday. I couldn't even walk. This morning I worked out again. And I was just like so weak. I was doing really hard workouts, but like, oh my gosh, guys, it just reminded me to never take a break from working out ever again, because that is the only inspiration that I need because I hate feeling so sore that I can't move and that I can't like fully like operate as a human being. So that is all the inspiration that I needed. Also, I've just been making healthy food and I've been back on my cooking game even though some of the dinners I make aren't the healthiest. But here's the thing, I feel better when I cook from home, even if it's not the healthiest thing than I do when I eat out. So who cares, you know? Just a little bit of housekeeping. I'm doing vlog week over on my YouTube channel. So if you guys want daily vlogs this week, youtube.com slash Kenzie Elizabeth. Also, if you guys have not joined the mailing list, you need to join the mailing list. You get a nice little newsletter every Thursday morning where I'm sharing my favorite products, favorite reads, favorite follows favorite listens, quotes, things I've been learning. It's a very quick read with a lot of value. So just sign up. It's really easy. Click the link in the description. You just enter in your email. That's it. I won't spam you. I promise these are things you're actually going to want to read and they're actually fun. I'm not going to just like send you an email every day. I've been thinking also about doing newsletters for gift guides. Like I don't know the best way to do a gift guide this year because I don't have a blog and I don't know if YouTube videos are the best thing for that. So I've also been thinking about doing Like gift guides on email. So let me know what you guys think about that because that's definitely an idea. Yes, it currently is October 20th as I'm recording this, and I'm already thinking about gift guides. I'm also buying my Christmas tree this week. So it is what it is. If you guys haven't followed our Instagram, it's just ILYSM podcast. I am posting there all the time, it's super fun. Anyways, getting into today's episode, I am so excited for you guys to hear my interview with Trinity. So, okay, if you guys didn't know, Trinity is the co-founder and CEO of Gold, an independent Brooklyn-born brand focused on making superfood boosted essentials for health and beauty. In 2019, she began documenting her experience and learnings via Office Hours, a digital and IRL series focused on helping more young people build, launch, and scale their own businesses. I'm sure you guys have seen gold all over Instagram, whether it's their Instagram or everyone else's because everyone loves their products and keeps sharing. But I hope you guys enjoy this episode and let's get started. First off, I'm so excited to have you on. I have just been stalking you the past few months, like not to be annoying, but... I just feel like you have so much value to just like bring you have so many things that you've just said in interviews and things I've just loved. So I can't wait to chat before we get into the podcast. Let's do a little hot seat. So what is the best purchase you have made under $100 in the past six months?
0: called clur spelled k-l-u-r it's this like awesome like really botanical cleanser i think the founder is an esthetician so like she really knows her stuff and it's like super gentle really good for like when you want to wash your face but you don't want to have like a bunch of like harsh stuff on there
1: i love that anything skincare is like right up my alley I like even this morning I was on a walk with a friend and we were just talking about basically all wellness products in skincare and I was like This is just this is all I need to start off my day Okay, I really want to go in to just a little bit of your story Can you kind of just share like you are incredibly successful like you are absolutely killing it I want to hear like where you grew up and kind of how you got into this and like switching I know you went to NYU all that stuff. Please just share I
0: I am originally from upstate New York, around three and a half hours north of um, the city. So really a world away from that environment. I was raised by um, a single parent with a pretty severe autoimmune disease. Um, My mom has rheumatoid arthritis and teenager. She switched over to seeing this more holistically minded physician and saw an incredible improvement in her symptoms really night and day. That was a really pivotal moment for me as well. I decided, okay, well, like, you know, want to go into medicine and I want to focus on like sort of like holistic care and, and really helping people. And so that was um, how I ended up at NYU. Um, I was there for college, pre-med there. And all was well, actually, until I found out from my mom that she had to stop seeing that doctor because she couldn't afford it anymore. Because of course, like those more kind of holistic treatments, like aren't typically covered by insurance. And that really forced me to like pause and think on like what exactly I really wanted to do in wellness and like how accessibility factored into it. I didn't quite have the answer to that question at the time. So I graduated, um, wasn't sure what I wanted to do, fell into a marketing career at a tech startup in the city because that's, you know, where people were going at the time.
1: I feel like it's really hard to have it all with like a cute, sleek phone case that's also protected and also eco-friendly. It just like really doesn't happen, but then I came across Incipio and I have the best case from them, guys. It's just sleek and simple and black and that's what I'm currently loving. There's nothing like a chic phone case, you know? But it's also very protective and eco-friendly. Yesterday, I was actually climbing on my counters, as like a five year old would, to get my rice cooker out to make dinner because you know Chef Kenzie, and I had my phone in my back pocket and it fell so far down, guys. Like I was high up on that counter, okay, and my phone is totally fine. So, Incipio's organic core collection is made up of 100% compostable materials that reduce landfill waste by naturally re-entering the environment from where it started. Organic car cases go from plant to case to earth. So it's really important also to just take small steps that make a big difference in helping the environment. And Incipio wants everyone to be able to take part. All the cases are wireless charging compatible and have a lifetime warranty. Plus they come in three new neutral colors that match with everything. Don't forget to recycle the packaging as well. All the packaging is 100% recyclable and eco-friendly water-based ink. You can purchase Organic Core cases online at verizon.com or your local Verizon store. And you can use code ILOVEYOU for 20% off at Incipio.com. Again, these are available for purchase at verizon.com or Incipio.com for 20% off with code ILOVEYOU. That is 20% off at Incipio.com with code ILOVEYOU. All right, guys, let's get back to the episode. You want something more accessible, something that... I'm, my mom is really into the holistic thing as well. And that's also a problem. And we always talk about it. And she's like, I wish you could just go to that. It's just so expensive. So from working at startups and stuff, like, at what point did you decide you're going to start your own brand? I think
0: I always had it in the back of my mind as something that I wanted to do. But there was a matter of like understanding what exactly I was going to do and like why it was the right time to do it and who I was going to do it with. And all those pieces kind of came together over time. I co-founded the business with my high school sweetheart, now a fiance. I'm um, so My <laughs> <laughs> partner, Issei, grew up in like old school family business. His parents have a candle pouring factory um, in upstate New York where we both grew up. And so, like, he had, like, that visibility into, like, old school entrepreneurship and, like, building a business that was profitable and, you know, just, like, sustainably growing. And so, I think that was a really important factor in me thinking at, like, age 23 that I could go out and launch something. But that being said, I mean, like, we had very small goals in the beginning. Like, we didn't have all this envision. Um, it was really just like, how can we do something really exciting and fun and wellness?
1: Okay, you are the youngest Black woman to launch a line at Sephora. Congratulations. That is incredible. How did you end up going from something where you're like, you know, we just want to pay our rent to launching at Sephora? Like, how, what was the in between of that?
0: Downplay the in between of that because there was definitely, there's definitely been so much hard work that's gone from like taking it from like little, fun business to like big time business. I don't like when people are like, Oh yeah. Like, I don't know. Next thing I knew, I just was like, you know, we just like got an email from them. We had been around for like less than a year, I want to say. And they just emailed us and were like, we love your products. We've already tried it and we want to bring it into our assortment. And we were like, Oh, (laughs) so like there was this like crazy moment of like, wow, we're on people's radar and like almost like scaling up to like being ready for that and being like, okay, like this is the path now. So
1: what does it look like going from like doing this business from your Brooklyn apartment to then having your product in Sephora? Like how much does that one impact your business and then two impact your team? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. We just sell
0: online with Sephora, which I think has been really helpful for us in that like We had to definitely scale up our operations and like rethink a lot of our marketing strategy, but we didn't have a massive jump all at once. And so it's been something that we've been able to sort of scale over time.
1: So during this too, I'm just so curious. I kind of want to circle back to your high school sweetheart, boyfriend, fiance. What is it like working with a partner? Like, and do you have your best tips? Like how has that added stress to your relationship? Has it made it stronger? Like... I I just need to know. Honestly, I get the question
0: from a lot of people of like, oh, I'm thinking of going into business with my significant other or my friend or my family member. Like, should I? And I always tell them, like, if you have to ask that question, you probably already know. (laughs) With my partner and I, I always knew... I was going to do this with Issei. Like there wasn't really a question of like, am I going to go out and like find someone else to do this with? We've just always worked really well together. He has like a really great perspective that balances out mine. There just was no question of like how we were going to do this. I don't think that it's for everyone. I don't think that it's for every relationship, for every friendship. You know, like a co-founder relationship is very, very serious. And like in so many ways... It is like a marriage, so I do think it's really important to take that extremely seriously.
1: Jealous of people who, and I would for sure work with like a family member or a spouse or whatever. I'm really jealous of people who do as well, in the sense of even on like a lesser level. If you're hosting something together or whatever, and it's a family member or a spouse, or you know, it feels like you you don't really have to like tiptoe around as much. Like I feel like the key communication is actually. Really easy just because, and maybe not easy, maybe that's not fair to say, but you feel like you don't have to hold back and worry about hurting their feelings necessarily, you know? Totally. I mean, I
0: think that's one of the best parts of this partnership is the level of emotional intimacy that we have. There's just like, there's no like, I'm keeping this from you. It's like all very on the table. I just don't think I could envision myself starting a business for the first time with anyone that um i didn't know that well if i think about like launching a business like you know 15 years from now or something like that like maybe i would be saying okay well i want a co-founder that like perfectly strategically matches out these skill sets whatever but like i think if you're exploring entrepreneurship for the first time ever and like you don't even fully know who you're going to be in that business yet i think there's a lot to be said for going through such a vulnerable time with someone that you feel comfortable being vulnerable with.
1: Something I love that you talk about is how you felt that kind of being young and naive actually helped you because you were naive going into this. So a lot of the time... I, I always like say when you're younger, I think it's the best time to do things because you have a lot less responsibilities and a lot less things that are kind of on your plate. But on the other hand, you typically have less experience, like less to little to no funding. How did you go from that? Like, were you terrified? Have you dealt with imposter syndrome at all?: Definitely had its pros and cons, for sure. starting out with no
0: experience. I do think in a lot of ways, I, I stand by the fact that that naivety is what pushed me through those early stages. There have been a lot of lessons that I feel like I could have. Like there are things that I wish I had known earlier. I don't know that I would have known them just by being older. Maybe if I had like worked at a company like Gold for a few years, that would be different. But like, you know, I know a lot of people who are on the same journey as me, like a couple of years into starting their first business ever, and maybe they're 10 years older than me, but like, and they have more work experience, but that didn't necessarily prepare them for for entrepreneurship. And I do think that like one of the best unfair advantages of being really young is that like, you don't really have much responsibility, right? Like I just had to figure out how to pay my rent. I didn't have kids you know, I didn't have to worry so much about making sure that like my savings account was in a good spot because it definitely was not. (laughs) Like, I think that being young, like you're kind of expected to be not super well paid, like, you know, kind of like eating like bowls of rice for lunch because like that's what's working. And like that aligns quite well with the lifestyle involved with like running your own business and bootstrapping it. So I think there's just something to be said for the fact that like, I was down to like get my hands dirty and I didn't mind like going through a lot of the like suffering for it.
1: How did you end up like finding funding and deciding? Cause you guys are self funded, right? Yeah. We've raised, we
0: raised a like super teensy tiny kind of like angel investor round um, earlier this year. But I mean, that is, that round is equal to like half of a month's revenue for the business. So like very, just kind of like a little, it was more of just like a, a little booster to like help us get through like into the summer but like we've been operating profitably just in general.
1: What made you decide to be self-funded and also can you explain a little bit just to our listeners of like the differences and then like angel investors and things like that? I did not know anything about investors. So like
0: I I wasn't like oh we're not going to talk to investors. I was like I don't know what that means. I don't, I wouldn't even know where to find them that was really nice because in the beginning all we were focused on like i said was like okay how can we like make this work pay our rent like see where it goes from there like investors felt like a really like far down the road conversation um and i'm glad that we did it that way because it's so different from like where we thought it was going to be and where it was like 3 years ago so I'm sure that there would have been value in having um, experienced folks and their capital in from day one, but I'm really grateful that we had like a couple of solid years to just like kind of go out there and see what was happening and have like no pressure whatsoever on us um, outside of like our own performance. So I think it was like really nice to, to like have it that way for a long time. And so now that we've really, really grown and we have like these big opportunities with retailers and we want to launch more products. And most importantly, now that we have a very clear vision for like where the brand is headed and how it gets there, that's when we start to have those investor conversations. And that's where like you start to think about like, okay, what would I do with an extra like 100K, 500K, million, 5 million and you paint that picture for yourself. And like if it feels right, then you start to paint that picture for investors. And investors, that can mean a lot of different things. But typically, you're talking about angel investors or funds. Angel investors are just like, Uh, wealthy individuals who are down to write you a check. They tend to be like a very patient and supportive form of capital. Um, It's kind of in the name. They're like acting as angels to you. They will often come in really early because they really believe in you. A fund is a little bit different. This is where like venture capital and like those types of opportunities come in. A fund is like a bunch of different people's money um, that like, the fund then operates and invests into companies. So like right off the bat there you can see that there's like a little bit more structure and like pressure built in for you to perform as a portfolio company it exists with the goal of like making money for their LPs, their limited partners, the people who actually funded the fund. So there like you'll get much bigger checks But there's also going to be much more of an expectation. And depending on whether you're looking at like typical venture capital, which likes to see like a 10x return, ideally versus like something that's like a little bit closer to like a private equity growth equity, where like they tend to look at like a 3 to 5x return and they're really happy. There's a lot of variation there. So overall, like the best thing that you can do is like get comfortable with these different options and really talk to people and understand like who is going to be
1: the right partner. Something you said too that really jumped out at me was just how much the business has evolved into something like three years ago, not even what you would have envisioned. How do you get kind of new vision for the business and also allow it to evolve rather than kind of sticking to plan A or almost being a little bit just to maybe controlling of where you think the business should go like how do you kind of keep an open hand allow it to evolve and know that you're heading in the right direction that's a great question and like i'm not going to lie to you like that is something that
0: i struggled with especially in the early days because we really did make a fairly sizable pivot in our business where like at first like everything in our brand was like all turmeric and then like we kind of moved into like the broader category of superfoods We launched a couple of face masks and like big, scary decisions to make because you're not sure how um, your audience is going to respond and react. But I would say the awesome thing about growing is that your team grows and um, your audience grows. And so you can start to just like what they want to see and like where your message is resonating and follow that. And it becomes less like entirely on you to decide like, okay, well, like these are the types of products we should launch or like, this is how we should talk to our customer. You start to be able to actually ask the question of like, well, who is our top customer? Who is the most loyal customer? And like, why does she like us? And you can lean into those reasons. One of the most awesome things about like this third year Of the brand has really been like seeing the business expand just beyond like what I thought it needed to be. And honestly, like feeling some pressure come off of me a little bit for like having to be the like sole architect of where things head. It's like really cool to be able to engage the team and like our customer community to like see what they're excited about.
1: When deciding to kind of just make yourself like the public founder. One, what is the decision process? Because nowadays I feel like it's so common for founders to like have followings and do all these other things. And I actually, I love that personally because I, I definitely do find myself feeling more connected to the brand, but also just as someone who is very entrepreneurial and, and is very interested in that, I find that I just love hearing what they have to say. But also I totally understand on the other side of wanting to kind of keep yourself, Like out of that public eye, like how do you make the decision to kind of come out? Almost, you're almost like face of the brand essentially, but in like a different way. Like, how did you decide that you wanted to kind of like come out as the founder? I didn't intend to be the face of the brand from day one. And I feel like people are sometimes
0: surprised to hear that because it's so integrated with like me now. But when we first started out, I was kind of like, oh, well like, you know, the product will it will speak for itself and I don't really want to put myself out there and like there's just so much more vulnerability when like not only are you putting these products out there, you're also putting yourself out there. And I was a little bit uncertain of all that. I felt like I still didn't know who I was at the time, you know, I'm 23 years old, like just was a little bit uncertain, but it was my Darling co founder Issei, who was like, Are you fucking kidding me? He was like, You have to be out there. Um, And so I just, you know, started kind of like very lightly being out there, kind of let it grow very organically from there. But we started to get more press features, and people were really interested in like learning about my story and how it related to the brand. It's interesting. It's really grown and it's, a strange thing to have to balance where like I have to kind of figure out okay well like what things are like for Trinity the brand versus like gold the brand and how can I make sure that they're aligned as often as possible because you know I think a lot of like influencers also are starting companies which like I'm like totally here for it but it's a little bit different in that like they're coming to the table with like this existing audience and they're like bringing on the right people to help them build this. Whereas like I started off as a founder and an operator and like started to come into this personal brand role. Anytime that I'm doing a personal brand thing, like talking with you on this podcast, it's like, okay, I can do this or I can like get our numbers together for the financial model. And it's like, how do you... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> how do you decide between like all these different priorities? And I think that's an interesting thing that I'm exploring and like journeying through particularly in this year. But like, I love it so much. I love being out there. I love telling the story and it's so valuable to me. So I really do try to prioritize it and find ways to to fit it in.
1: I think just sharing a story makes anything more powerful. So I I just think of the brands that i'm very loyal to and like I kid you not pretty much every single one I know the founder. I like or like no of the founder. I mean not all of them personally But it's like I follow along. I know the story behind it and I think that's just such a great a great benefit of the times that we're in with kind of like entrepreneurs having followings and being able to learn from them online. I kind of want to transition a little bit into talking about mentorship. I know you're doing the with honors thing. I'm so excited for that. How important do you think mentorship has been in your life personally?
0: Yeah. I mean, mentorship has been like really, really huge. For me, and I didn't like start off with mentors, I didn't like find them, you know, prior to launching the business, but just like over time, you know, I've been connected to um, so many incredible founders who are like one or two or like maybe 10 steps ahead of me. And they have been by far just like the most powerful resource for me in like journeying through entrepreneurship. After this, actually, I have a call with. Um, Eliza the founder of the sill and like you know she's one of my favorites but there've just been like so many incredible founders who have heard my story and wanted to just be there and and support and so i try to Bring that to the table on my end now that, like, I've got a few years of operating a business under my belt. I just think that, like, the only way that we can really democratize this space of entrepreneurship is by getting out there and talking honestly about what our experiences have been. So, I just really try to do that as much as I possibly can.
1: When going about kind of finding mentors, like, are you actually messaging them? Like reaching out and being like, hey, will you mentor me? Like, how does that work? I feel like th- that is just such an awkward kind of in between and people like don't know what to do? Are they reaching out to you and finding you? Is it really just like a friendship that you form and you just ask them questions? Like, what is it to you? The mentorship
0: can come in like so many different contexts as far as like how, like, but oftentimes like it's super, it's like not very formal. It's just like, wait, I have a question. Um, and like, I think I try to personally like show up on my Instagram whenever I can to just be like, hey, like I know you guys like really want to know about product development or like fundraising and like, here's some tips. But like, I think just, it doesn't have to be so structured. I think sometimes like a formal advisory role can be extremely valuable. And I have a few of those as well, but I encourage people to be like very, very thoughtful about bringing on those people. Like, you know, you don't just need to like offer people an advisory role in your company um, just because they were like, they gave you good advice once or twice. I think that there's just like something you said for like having just this very like open dialogue of being like very comfortable.
1: Another thing that's really cool about the times that we're in, we're kind of what I was saying before is that you have a lot more access to people by people like you who have kind of come out and you're always offering tips on Instagram and just really adding a lot of value. It's also like you can get a lot of these questions answered even on Instagram and on podcasts whereas before like things like product development and things like venture capital, stuff like that wasn't as just widely publicly talked about. So it's also cool because in a way you do have access to people that you would have never had maybe before. I want to kind of just end off this episode talking about routines. You are basically queen of wellness. So I would love to hear... Your morning routine just even your day-to-day like what you're up to things that you do to make sure that you're feeling your best and just taking care of yourself Please elaborate. I want all the details everything (laughs) Yeah, so um, let me see
0: First of all, I'm a morning person. So um, I like to get up fairly early and I go to bed early. So I'm not one of those people that's up until like one or two o'clock in the morning every night. I'm usually in bed by like 9.30 or 10, to be honest. And I do think that like aligning with your natural rhythm for sleep. And waking up is really, really important, and I don't think it's something that we talk about enough. A lot of people are evening people, and they like to sleep in late, and I know that, that like that can be challenging from a work perspective, if, like, ideally, you want to sleep until like 10 o'clock in the morning. But like, I think that people are wired differently, and it's important to not like overly fight that and like lean into it. If you're someone who does their absolute best work at like 10 o'clock at night then i wouldn't like withhold that from yourself i'm a morning person so i have no shame in my game of an early bedtime and then i'm almost always up by 6 i never use an alarm clock
1: i read that somewhere i actually really need to know i am an early person like early bedtime person i wake up early too but with an alarm and like you wake up naturally at that point. I how did that happen? I just do. I, I like wake up with the sun, especially in the summertime.
0: So I mean, like sometimes it's later, but like it's you know I try to just like go with the flow with that a little bit more. Alarms are like not ideal in a lot of ways because like it's not a supernatural way to wake up. Um, so like it can kind of disrupt like whatever like rhythm you were in um, in your sleep, like. If you are like in deep REM sleep and like having a crazy dream and your alarm like bursts you out of that, that's like not really how you're supposed to wake up. I mean, I think it's worth like just trying to see if you can get out of the habit of the alarm. I don't think it's a bad thing to have it there like just as like a just in case for maybe like, I don't know, 15, 30 minutes after you usually wake up just to make sure that you don't accidentally ever like really oversleep. But you'd be surprised if you give yourself a chance and you like get into a flow. Like, I mean, it's not like you're gonna sleep forever. Okay, so what do you do
1: when you wake up? Like first thing.
0: I haven't done any exercise all summer, honestly. I'm like, I I come in and out of like really good fitness habits. This whole summer I was upstate staying with family and I just felt very (laughs) uprooted. Um, And it was such a busy time for the business that I just like didn't really make it happen. I was playing tennis once a week and that was it. And it was fine. Like sometimes I'm like super into like a yoga or Pilates vibe and I'm doing that every single morning. But like I come in and out of that and I don't really like beat myself up for it. But the very first thing that I do when I wake up, sorry to answer your question, is I drink a ton of water. That's like the most important thing.
1: I'm trying to get into that and like that is that needs to be the first thing i do. It really does make the absolute like difference.
0: Totally. And like i feel like the best thing that you can do is just have the right water system. Like i don't know if like whatever water bottle you like actually use, if it's something that's not really easy for you to just keep sipping all day long, it becomes a chore and then you're like, "Oh, wait, i didn't drink water." Let me like Unscrew the cap from this bottle. And like, it sounds stupid because it's not that much work, but it's just like you have to make it effortless for yourself. I'm like always drinking tea, also. So, like, I just always have like a big cup of like warm tea around, and that's really easy for me to sip on. Like, it doesn't only have to be water. I also like to drink from a mason jar, like a big one, because that forces you to drink a lot. But like, what is that vessel that's going to actually get you to drink water?
1: I recently actually got a huge like wide mouth. I got two huge wide mouth mason jars and I have drank compared to my hydro flask. I drink so much water now because of that.
0: Yeah, no, it's really wild. So I feel like, you know, if you're feeling that sense of like, oh, I just like can't get into the habit of drinking water. Like think that like the the cup that you're drinking out of doesn't make a difference because it does. Hundred percent does. I have a Berkey filter at home. They're kind of crunchy, but they're this incredible water filtration system. We actually brought it upstate with us because we couldn't live without it. But like it's this um, like gigantic metal thing that has like these big black charcoal filters in it and it just filters everything and you can like go on youtube and watch weird videos of survivalists using these filters to like clean out pond water and stuff like it's insane it's expensive but it's more cost effective in the end than than a brita and it also does way more so i'm very like i'm very into those um if you want something that's like cuter there's a company called walter that makes really cute ceramic versions of the Berkey that are like made to use the the like actual Berkey filters. So you can get like the cuter option if you want. Every weekday pretty much I make a really big green smoothie for um myself and my partner. I really like a smoothie because it just like starts your day off right. I feel like even if the rest of the day goes a little bit off then at least I've had a ton of fiber and vegetables and nutrients and and like even more hydration. And so with a smoothie, I always do celery and um, romaine lettuce. Romaine gets a bad rap because I think it gets confused with iceberg, but romaine's actually really, really good for you. And it's like very sweet and mild. So it's my favorite for a smoothie. So I'll just like put that in and like whatever frozen fruit I happen to have on hand, I like don't have a particular recipe. At what point do you start work? This is like not super wellnessy, but I like, I like take my phone and go to the bathroom and I'm usually on my email for like 30 minutes in the bathroom, then like getting ready, whatever, and then like getting back into it. It's just what works for me though in the end, because I feel like as soon as I wake up, I want to know what's going on. And if nothing crazy is going on, then, like, great, awesome. Like, maybe I can have, like, a little bit of a, like, more chill morning. But the first thing I feel when I wake up is, like, what's happening today? So I need to get that straight. And usually, like, I'll, like, figure out what's up, like, by just going through email and, like, all that for, like, half an hour. And then after that, usually I'll, like, do, like, smoothie time, whatever, And usually I'm like really sitting down to actually work around like
1: usually around nine. Sometimes it's earlier. Sometimes it's a lot later. Day in the life of an entrepreneur. It's like literally all over the place. Anytime you ask anyone, they're like, I mean, it really just depends on the day. I'm like, I know, I know. It's just I think it's nice to have some staples in your routine that, you know, you're kind of taking care of yourself, especially when you are I can't even imagine the imagine the like pressure you felt over the past few years of just how successful the brand has grown and all of that and how easy it has to be to just even when running a wellness company how easy it has to be to kind of fall back on your own like wellness routines or taking care of yourself just because there's so much demand. I'm the same way. I actually would rather know what's going on in the morning. I'm not one of those people who stays off my phone for like an hour in the morning, which I would love to do, but I don't do it every morning. Sometimes I will. I do it every night though because I read before bed. So I started doing it every night completely like not intentionally. I just wasn't on my phone because I was reading and then I would fall asleep and that's been good for me. But I'm the same way. Like I also, I love what you said about routines and how it's really important to like know what works for you and lean into that. I feel like people look at like tim ferris or gary Vee or whatever and they're like i have to have this 4 30 a.m morning routine where i take an ice-cold shower and i actually just recorded an episode on routines and i was like you just have to find what works for you and stay in that and so often i feel like actually routines really for me help with my anxiety But so often when you put so much pressure on the routine, it actually just enhances anxiety and gives you anxiety that actually wasn't even there to begin with because you put so much pressure on yourself.
0: Completely, completely. I think it's like very much about like routines with flexibility. I try to make sure that at least like one of, I have like at least one routine thing that happens, especially in the first half of the day, because it just makes me feel like, okay, I'm centered. Like I got it together. So like the smoothie is something I really try to make happen. Yeah. Like there are other things like for me, I tend to deprioritize exercise. Cause like, I don't know. I just don't care. I try to walk and like, that's fine. But I know for other people, they're like, if I don't move today, like I'll go crazy. So I think it's just like figuring out like what the top priorities are in your routine. And then like, what are the things that are like going to have a little more give depending on, um, you know, like where you're at and like being honest and kind to yourself about like how much you can really stick to.
1: I love that. Okay. The actual question I want to end off on, because I realized I do have another. So sorry. Okay. So you, like we've established, this company has really just blown up. It's done so well. You see it everywhere on social media. People are loving the products and stuff. It's already in Sephora. Like You were just incredibly successful. And I can only imagine, again, that comes with a lot of pressure and a lot of responsibility. How have you Handled that, navigated that, and also given yourself grace through the process. It was just announced yesterday that we um,
0: won a grant through Glossier, um, which is really, really exciting. It was funny because I got a text from a friend that was like, "Congratulations! I hope you guys are celebrating." And I was like, "I, I like looked around at like what I was actually doing at that moment. I was like surrounded by like papers and like." Knee deep in like so many emails. And I don't know, I was just thinking about how interesting it is this like perception of like what the wins will feel like when you're not in them versus like when you're living through them. And like so often for me, it's kind of like, okay, that's awesome. I'm gonna do a little happy dance. And now the question is like, okay, uh, like what about what comes next? With every win, the stakes get higher. So it's not like you can kind of say like, oh, great, like this happened. Now I'm going to go like chill for a bit. It's like now you just have to like crank it up to the next level. I try to be as patient with myself as possible and be real about the fact that like I'm doing a lot of this stuff for the first time. And even so, I mean, like no one has ever built my business the way I'm building it before. So a lot of it is uncharted territory. So I do try to be as kind to myself as possible. But I do think that like in moments like this, there is just a sense of like just pushing through and keeping your head down. And I think not getting too caught up in like what the success means or like where you'll be tomorrow, just like keep focusing on getting the work done. I think as we grow, we're going to hire more people, and like some of that will come off of my plate, which is really exciting because right now um, I have my hands in every single thing that the business does. Um, like I still write most of the Instagram captions, but I'm also doing the financial modeling. It's knowing when you're in a head's down time and being okay with that, and like feeling really
1: gratified by it, but not like pushing yourself too hard. <laughs> I feel like that was a non-answer. No, I think that was that was great. I just, I, I also think, no, that one, that was a great answer, but also when people are like pushing to find something that doesn't, that they don't actually resonate with. Like, I think it's so important, like you said, do a happy dance, but also the stakes get higher. Like that's very real. These are things that people don't, necessarily talk about. So thank you so much for coming on today. Um, where can they find you? You can find us on
0: Instagram. Um, you can find me at Trinity Muzon and gold is just at gold. And then shop all of our yummy products at gold.co. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Mackenzie. had so much fun. Thank you guys.
1: All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I will have everything in the show notes below. Be sure to subscribe great review. I don't like reading my podcast reviews or anyone's for that matter because it really is what I picture hell to be. Like everyone is so mean. So if anyone wants to leave a nice review, that would truly make my day. But anyways, I hope you guys enjoy today's episode and I will talk to you on Monday for our book club episode, which I'm so excited for. You guys have time to read. It is The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett, but I will talk to you guys on Monday.